For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side stories. <laughs> yes. So I'm watching the Aaron Hernandez docuseries. What did you think? I thought it was very interesting. Very, very interesting. And a lot of people have the question to be like, how does somebody commit random ass street murder mm-hmm. and then go and win, be an essential part of a Super Bowl? winning team he was huge caught a touchdown yeah. in the super bowl he was a key it's component huge. to that patriot squad the reason why is because he's a winner mm-hmm. and he knows how to keep his eyes on the prize all these people are so distracted all the time right right everybody says they're distracted and they're stressed out how do you think how stressed out do you think he was sure he just randomly gunned down two people in the street and now right. he's got to deliver he was a fourth round draft pick Yep. He wasn't even like, they didn't even have eyes on him. He had to make a place in the Patriots, one of the most competitive organizations in the NFL. You think I feel bad for him. They say his draft stock dropped a little bit for personality reasons. And why, I'm though? Say, I don't understand why. Yeah. Well, you know, you make a good point. It's not easy to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and it's even harder to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl when you're carrying the ghosts of the people you shot. So because we do have to that. think you about that. You have to that. run. These ghosts are following you everywhere you catch uh-huh. a pass. They go, why did you kill me? Mm-hmm. And you have to go right back to work. You have to go right. You're just, and you're smiling stuff and saying, big game, not big game, not right. gay. Big game tonight. Like that's a lot of shit. <laughs> what was that? What was that, of... what was that middle part? Not gay. Not gay. Well, it's weird you would say that. I didn't ask if you were gay. I don't even care if you're gay. You Look can... at my tattoo I got. It says not gay right at the <laughs> top of my fucking big thick cock. Oh my! Wow. Welcome to cool. Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with Henry. If you have not seen the Aaron Hernandez doc, check it out. Really interesting. Obviously, a man who made some bad decisions, perhaps overcompensating. He uh, really for... did make some bad decisions, and I um I just want to say uh, unequivocally now at the top. That mm. I was, um, I was having a bit of a laugh there. You were having, you were making a lark. We try to bring light to the darkness. Of course, the two people that he <laughs> randomly shot, or not so randomly, I guess. Uh, they one spilled person- a drink. Hey, man, that's a nice shirt he had on. I saw that club footage. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the nice shirt. They spilled a drink but- on him. No, that was a big time shirt. I mean, it was on him, so therefore it became nice. It was Boston and so- nice. Ugh. So no, I like Boston. We actually got to sell tickets in Boston, so we love Boston. I You're do love show Boston. up and let us, and we will throw food at us. Literally from Kissel's <laughs> own horrible <laughs> statements about Boston. Please what? buy tickets to our Boston show and bring food to throw at. The goon. Oh, my goodness. You got to stop with this goon talk. That is ridiculous conversation. What are you then? 
I'm a man, a strong, healthy man. We will be in Boston. Can't wait to see everybody out there. Absolutely love it. Buy those those tickets. tickets. Get those tickets. Aaron Hernandez, check out the documentary. I wonder what life would have been like if he did not go to the New England Patriots. Probably should have gotten out of Boston. Hung out with some bad people, so it's a good reminder. Hang out with people that motivate you, inspire you, and make you better, not make you worse. That's very, very good advice, and it's also slyly blaming Boston for his random-ass crime. He had some bad friends in Boston. That Those he, bad no, people he had exist bad in Boston. In, he had bad friends in Connecticut. And he went. He brought them to Boston. They mm. brought, they went from they went to go live it up in Boston. They were slumming it in Connecticut. He I got don't. two of his slanty eyed helpers. I'm going to call them helpers. Well, so I think elves. the guy's eye got messed up because Aaron Hernandez put a bullet through his brain or through his yes. skull. Somehow missed the brain. The guy does not seem that intelligent. So perhaps that kept him alive because his brain is tiny. I don't know what it was, but you have to be a hoss to get shot point blank in the fucking head and live. I would like, be so he got upset. shot in the head and he lived. He lived and then he didn't. I don't want to give any spoilers. It's been out for a little while. Obviously. That is we're referring to uh, Aaron Hernandez, his very close friend. I want to say his name is Bradley. He was like essentially his fixer. He used to get yeah. him his weed and also started getting him guns. So the, these are yes. the type of people Aaron Hernandez was slowly accumulating around himself. Becoming a fake gangster a little right. bit. I think that he believed that he wanted he wanted to be more hardcore than he was. Yes. All of this was to create a smokescreen for the fact that he felt vulnerable about uh, who he really was. That he might have been at least bisexual mm-hmm. and wanted and and could not hide it any longer. And of course, the hyper masculine world of the NFL, specifically during that time, I do think things have gotten a little bit more open, uh, did not give him room to express his sexuality in a way uh, that maybe would have been helpful. Also, another great reminder why weed legalization, and we're going to bring this up a little bit later in the episode, is so needed because I don't think Hernandez would have even hung out with this guy because he got him his weed. If he could have just gone to a dispensary, Hernandez would have just been one of our friends because I would have been like, hey, man, you're a great football player. Let's hang out. Next thing you know, he's at our comedy shows. He's yeah, in the doing front row. Doing sketch comedy. Doing sketch comedy. Once he's doing sketch comedy, he finds the magic of theater. He comes <laughs> out. He quits football. Now he's on Broadway. Honestly, there's a lot of stuff in there that he really could have. He really could have. He, he chose the wrong path and being this, a millionaire on the Patriots. And the saddest part of all, he tried to give his life for his family. I actually truly do believe this was a i don't want to say heroic no, but it was a selfless act he was it was selfless it was, technically it was a selfless act and he tried to but it's all complicated he also said that he believed the, the, there was some insinuation that he was molested and he said that that it like hijacked his sexuality a little bit when he there was a moment in the documentary series when he turns to one of his defense team who was also gay very large man gay and he said he was like do you think that being gay is a choice, or mm-hmm. you born with it? And that guy looked at him and said, like, I think you're born with it. And that guy was like, Ugh. Aaron Hernandez, like, let it slowly absorb during that time period, which was right. nice that he actually had even a presence of mind at the second. I think the CTE shit is a little bit of a, they are blaming the CTE Ooh, shit. I don't, I, think know, it, I don't think they're I think blaming it. I think they're trying to plenty, explain the actions. 
I think there are plenty people. I think there's plenty of football players and basketball players and 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 boxers, especially mm. people in those 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 worlds, especially high contact sports that have CTE that don't murder a bunch of people that don't kill their families like right. your favorite wrestler Chris Benoit did. A lot of times, not they, my favorite I, wrestler, but you have to you have to also be an asshole. I think. think there's a component to that as well. Much like sometimes the war will change you, so will CTE. I do think that played a component in it. That was a component. Although basketball players, their brains are fine because they dribble with their hands and run with their feet. They don't headbutt each other like it's Chris the most off the top rope. Technically, I'm starting to believe that basketball is one of the more elegant sports. Oh, basketball is my favorite. When we went to see our our uh, that oh that game of champions mm-hmm. and watching those boys run back and forth and do what they do, pass the ball in such an artistic and almost ballet-like style, a a system, uh, fluid movements, big jiggly muscles bumping up and down, guys with the big long arms tossing that rock around like it's a little old me with a little hat on, just like me, sailing through the air, going through the little baskets, being put in a line of other little men like me on (laughs) on all the trays and stuff. That's got to be fun. I love getting you into sports. It's really nice taking your theater, sci-fi, LRH-loving mind and putting it into something that's athletic is really exciting. But yeah, it Aaron, helps me connect to other men. It really does. Aaron Hernandez did attempt to t- he did take his own life in an attempt to get his family the money. I believe it's called the abatement law in t- in Boston or in Massachusetts. Uh, but that did not work out so well. They so. cut that law out, too. They, well. they were they just like, struck no, that Aaron Hernandez. But so I'm sorry we did sort of like a just the spoilers version of a talk about the Aaron Hernandez a documentary series. But mm. you take a look at it. Those spoilers are out there anyway. Yes, it's exactly. just the facts of the case. The story is so well known. It's uh, We can't really spoil a tale that's already well known. Speaking of basketball, RIP Kobe Bryant, the GOAT. If you are out there and you love a professional athlete or a star someone that you're just a fan of shoot them a little love because you never know when they're going to be gone and also we have a new rule here at lpn no helicopters and this goes out to you the listeners as well this is a this is a company and fan-wide statement and this goes straight to travis because travis just took a damn helicopter Travis stopped drinking, and then he's like, so I don't drink anymore, I don't do drugs, but I'm going to go wrestle an alligator on Saturday? And it's like, yeah, no, he's gotta just get have thrills. a Coors. Just go, I know, I'm, I don't want him to pressure him to drink booze either, because I'm just saying, no more helicopters. No more helicopters. If it doesn't have wheels or have wings that are solid that don't spin, you can't get on it. And that is a mandate for all the... Five million listeners of Last Podcast Network. No helicopters. And I don't even care if you own it. If it's private, you sell it to Gallagher so Gallagher can start his Uber helicopter business. And whoever takes a Gallagher Uber helicopter is dumb enough to die. Someone needs to save Bill Burr. (laughs) <laughs> Bill Burr is a helicopter pilot now. That's is his, like, really? his big hobby. Yes, someone well, needs I to save him. Oh, Bill! I d- can't lose him like this. I Good can't do it. Lord, no. I can't lose another hero. I can't. I can't do it. Okay. All right. Um, um, there is some conspiracy theories though around Kobe's un, you, uh, a very sudden passing. Do you want to read this conspiracy theory that you came in? We started our conversation today going over news stories, and Henry's like, "Got a conspiracy about Kobe," and I was like, "How the hell? So how fast. does that work?" It happened so fast. I'm just going to read through this real quick so you could understand what we're dealing with here. All right. So this came from this came from a listener via an IG post. That this this man has been hitting hitting this this he's been hitting this very very hard. <laughs> okay, 
They may have silenced me on YouTube until the 29th, <laughs> but they will never silence the message. After LeBron James passes Kobe on the all-time NBA scoring list, Kobe's personal helicopter crashes only a day later. LeBron had to pass the 33,644-point mark to pass Kobe Bryant and become the NBA's third highest scorer in history. Mm -hmm. The 33 is significant. The 6 is significant. And I've been speaking on the importance of the 44 ritual in pro sports for months now. For me, to me. This looks like a ritual sacrifice in order for the L.A. Lakers to win their 17th championship and for LeBron to get his fourth ring. I believe this was also a ritual sacrifice for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Because, okay, here's the math. Okay. The 49 is the 13. Kobe was born in 823. When you add those numbers, you get 13. Kobe was also the 13th overall pick in the NBA draft. LeBron James passed Kobe on the all-time scoring list when he was playing who? Kissel? Who? The Philadelphia 76ers. Ah, okay. 7 plus 6 equals 13. And Kobe Bryant was born in Philadelphia. I also find it very strange that there were Kobe Bryant helicopter toys being sold in stores. This definitely makes me believe that his untimely death has been planned for a while now. Really unfortunate circumstances. But when you want fame and tens of millions of dollars in this society, this is the risk you're taking. At any moment's notice, Uh you can be sacrificed. All right. So if you're a gambling person out there and you want to bet on the Super Bowl and you want to bet on the NBA Finals, take it from this man who, yes, he's been banned from YouTube until the 29th of January. But you know what? He's not banned from Instagram. So he's got to be telling some sort of truth. I will say, though, the what is uh, interesting, it only takes him about 15 hashtags to get to the term Zionist warlocks. <laughs> so we know where Why? we know where he's at. Why does it always <laughs> it wasn't get the top to Zionists? One. At least it wasn't the top one. He got it in there, but it was he had to think about it for a while. <laughs> don't I don't do not understand how Zionists come into any of this ever, but somehow they sneak their way in. Uh, so if you are a betting man, bet on the 49ers in the Super Bowl this next Sunday and bet on the <laughs> Lakers to win the NBA championship. And if that does happen, I actually don't want to see the ego of this man, because if you are at the NBA championship game with this man, he is going to be screaming about how he's right. Don't do this. You just created the incel version of Uncut Gems. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, lastly, uh, an update on a story that we followed very closely. Oh, it's exotic. It's Joe Exotic. Man. Oh, our man. Our our man. The Joe Exotic. uh, Mr. Joseph Maldonado Passage has been sentenced to 22 years. The book was thrown 22 years for the yep. attempted assassination. He did uh, a lot of bad things. He did, he did a-, a lot of bad things, and they they definitely, he leaned in, which forced their hand. The jury convicted him of two counts of murder for hire, eight counts of violating the Lacey Act for falsifying wildlife records, and nine counts of violating the Endangered Species Act. You know... Yes, I I agree with the jury's decision. He was guilty. I think we all know that. He wasn't even singing those songs, which I think is really a crime against music. Another fake world that it just shows and you can't trust anybody. It makes us very sad. It does. 22 years. My question is, does he deserve Ah. to be behind bars for damn near a quarter of a century? Why not just be like, hey, Joe. You got 10 years. Prison is not going to be good to him. 
Because Honestly, it might be. He might be a big old character in there. Sometimes yeah. they love their characters. He is a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Is he deals he? with tigers. He did attempt to kill Carol Baskin. Well, uh, and he didn't make her feel for her life. I, you should listen to that podcast. Yes. The Joe Gotic podcast was actually very, very good, kind of outlining everything that went on. The two of them egged each other on. They deserved each other. Mm. Uh, but in the end, Joe Exotic, being Joe Exotic, I think that's Joseph Maldonado Passage should not get 22 years in prison. <laughs> Joe Exotic got 22 years right. of prison. So you think the jury looked at the mullet. They looked at his weird beady eyes. They saw the sweaty palms. They realized he wasn't really singing those love songs, and they indicted the character, not the man. That is my belief, and I believe if he did sing those songs, he could have sang his way out of prison at least once. You could have tried I agree. to at least sing one beautiful song, being like, this is why I think I'm innocent. Would a man ever mm. put a gun in his hand? Like, do you just do yep. a super inspirational song? Everybody's crying. Carol Baskin forgives you. Mm-hmm. She becomes gay for you. I don't even know how that works. Well, I think she would have to become straight for him. Well, she's a woman. He's a gay man. She might have to transition and then. So whatever it is, it would be t- it, it would saying. be hard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying she would. Do whatever it took to get closer to him. She'd forgive him. Mm-hmm. And they'd, they'd just go raise pelicans together. You know, everyone talks about the jury. They say, 12 angry men. Oh, the juries. It just takes one sad, sympathetic juror to throw the whole thing off in a murder trial like this or in a uh, attempted Is that true? murder trial. You just need one. You Why? just got it. Because, or maybe you need six. I don't know. I believe in a death penalty case, you need just one. What does that mean? You got to have a bunch of people... In a well, murder, if it's death penalty, if, if death it's the death, I think so, but I don't know exactly. It's, you don't it, it know depends anything. By You're just I know stuff. Do you know any of these facts? I know some facts, but all I'm saying is, is do you feel safer now knowing that Joe Exotic is going to be behind the same bars that he held his lions in? There is a justice in that. I understand. I just feel like it's a little bit long of a sentence for a man who just needs to find himself. He needs He's to only going to see. He's going to see 10 years. If he just plays his cards right and he becomes a chef in prison or if mm. he finds a good little place for himself and he keeps to himself and he and he talks about more animal like awareness stuff, more endangered species awareness stuff, like if he couldn't fix it and get everything going, he can get out probably mm. within 10 to 15 years. Yeah, I suppose And then so. by then, maybe he will have gotten a lot of reading done. He can work out. He's got a lot of stuff. You know, prison in, in many ways could end up being constructive for him. Yeah, I suppose so. Some people love it. Some people, it really fits their entire lifestyles because then the pressure is gone of having to put the shit together 24-7. Well, that you almost pay your rent. That, you almost, that almost seemed like what Aaron Hernandez was saying regarding prison. He said he treated it like training camp, and the guards were like, he kind of was chill with the whole thing, which is no, very No, he was a 23-year-old psychopath. Is what yeah. it was, was that he had no clue. Uh, he the way the way you can jump from a seven thousand five hundred square foot mansion to a cell and, and be like it's cool over here, it's cool. Like when he was talking to his wife, and you're like you're a, you're an insane person. You're, you're you have just you have you can just adapt to whatever. Yeah. Because again, he's just a meathead. He's just whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to lift these weights here. He was a lack of meathead. His brain was deteriorating rapidly because of the CTE. Joe Exotic, Jeez. the biggest crime he did, paying the uh, person to assassinate. Baskin only three grand, as we discussed previously, twenty five k minimum. At 
laced. And honestly, if they're saying 25K, a lot of times that's definitely the FBI. But again, remember, they're always, they are always the FBI. You have never met a hitman. The only person that you can count on doing the hit that you want, Mm -hmm. write a $25,000 checkout to yourself because you <laughs> cannot count on other people. That's like what Jim Carrey did when he wrote himself a million dollar yes. check and then he later cashed it. But in this case, you're going to commit a felony, not become a movie star. No, I'm saying you got to rely on yourself. If you want dirty things done, you got to be your own naughty maid. All right. From your grave. This is also a bit of an update when it comes to the two missing children. The well, mom, there is no the, update. Well, the there mom has no been found, right? Yeah, yes. Not on the two yes. missing children, but the mom, the mom has been found. And evidently, she's having a great time on the beach. Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell, we cover them a little bit. Very complicated story where Lori Vallow believes that she's some form of Mormon prophet. Chad Daybell, her new husband who helped to kill... Seven-year-old. She got divorced when they met, and then her brother, Lori Vallow's brother, killed her husband, what he said, her ex-husband, mm-hmm. which she said was in self-defense. Um, the kids have now gone missing. Chad Daybell's previous wife also died mysteriously really? after they prophesied that she would die. Oh. They were both um, the kids are gone. They found them in Hawaii, which is the the the, no, the nearest facts that we have. Right, so they, they found, found them in Hawaii. And just to clarify, they found the mom and the new husband in Hawaii. And the children, seven year old Joshua Vallow and seventeen year old Tylee Ryan, are still gone. And apparently, they were involved in a group, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell, a group called Preparing a People. Hmm. Preparing People is a doomsday organization at the heart of the mystery. This whole thing is called, this is just from insider.com. Uh, it was called Preparing a People, uh, which is this sort of, this weird doomsday cult. Hmm. According to the website, its mission is to prepare the people of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. <sighs> Following the chain of mysterious events, Vallow and Daybell have left in their wake the organization associated with preparing a people called Color My Media has attempted to distance themselves from the mysterious couple. <laughs> they're doing the, the website, slow walk back, huh? They're doing the slow, <laughs> really? they're doing the, 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 they're doing the gif of Bart Simpson, no, of Homer Simpson, yep. just going into the, the weeds. Nothing the to website, see here. The website clarified that they are a multimedia company that put on preparing a people, which they define as a series of lecture events focusing on self-reliance and personal preparation. It is not a group and it's not a cult some people join, but it has educational lecture events that can be intended or watched on video. We also do not share any of Chad Daybell's or Volory Vallow's beliefs if they are contrary to Christian principles of honesty, integrity, and truth, or if they do not align with the doctrines of the Church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Wait a they second. Right at the end. What? What? They didn't mention the two dead children. They're like, that's They said fine. they're not into their hobbies. So if they are don't support their hobbies of killing their children, then they are covered. That is not a hobby because you can only do it once, and a hobby is something you repeat and repeat and repeat in order to get away from your family, not Make to eliminate kid. your family. Make another kid. You you make a whole new kid, to, a whole new family to annihilate. That's boom again, done. Another another chip in my armor. If I ever run for, for political office, just being associated with you. That's the idea. I'm your anchor. <laughs> I'm keeping you grounded. <laughs> Chad Daybell, his home has been searched by investigators. They remo- they removed 43 items, mostly phones, computers, and other technological devices. The county is still waiting on forensic tests of Tammy Daybell's remains and items seized from her home. So it is probable that we have four murders at the hands of 
of this couple that I don't, I guess they love each other. I don't know what I it suppose. is. It's, some, it's a love that we don't truly understand. It's a love that we've never known. You know what I mean? I love Natalie with all my heart. And honestly, if she told me she wanted to do a bunch of fucked up shit and she believed she was a prophetess, I mean, I'd roll with it too because it, be, it would be fun, especially when you first meet. Like, you it think, would be fun. okay, you honestly, Joe Exotic is going to have a hard enough time in prison, but he actually, he understands cages. He'll be able to figure it out. If Natalie, you understand that when you go to prison after Natalie can, tells you to murder a bunch of children, you're just gone from her. And then you yes. in prison, man, it's no, be no, no, no. It's all about covering the tracks, and we'd never murder kids. We'd go, we'd go for bigger. We'd do something bigger. Hmm. You know what I mean? I have three contingency plans, which I keep talking about. I have three contingency Don't plans say to bring loud. society to a halt. I know. I can't, because then they're not secret anymore. Exactly. Madison County Prosecutor Rob Wood uh, was still in Hawaii on Monday, unable to be reached for answer. Uh, the Vallos faced civil or criminal contempt of court charges. Uh, if she failed to produce the children by a deadline that was set, I think it's safe to say she has failed to produce the children. Well, uh, I think I think Virginia Woolf said, I love deadlines and the sounds they make when they go whooshing past. <laughs> and this is according to... <laughs> it's not good. Uh, no, it's very good. It doesn't good. apply I'm, here? I'm going to let it... Keep, that's very good. This is according to uh, Rexburg Police Department regarding the children. They say we can further confirm that Tylee and Jay JJ were not with Lori and Chad, and there is no evidence that Tylee and JJ were ever in Hawaii. So. Yeah, they didn't make the vacation. No, no, they did not make the vacation. No, Those they kids did are not. Unfortunately, I mean, who knows where the hell these kids are? And I, I hope that some closure can be brought to the family. I agree with that. JJ Vallow's grandparents, Larry and Kay, Larry and Kay Woodcock, announced a twenty thousand dollars reward, a twenty thousand dollar reward for the children if they're found. But uh, again. We got two murders of adults, two children murdered. I have a feeling, or probably murdered. I, it, Who knows? it seems like it's a rough case. and uh, It's a very rough case. Yes. And these people, are, I mean, at least they got them. So now they have them. So hopefully so we can prosecute them. But they got to get those bodies in order to seal that <sighs> case. Because if anything's learned from that, super, from that stupid Susan Powell case is that it's so hard to put together a capital murder case if you don't have a murder weapon mm-hmm. or a body. It is very, very difficult. And of course, in the Aaron Hernandez case, not to bring that back, um, but they did not have... They had almost everything. They had, they had almost pretty everything. much everything. But then they, when they found the bullet casing in the rental car right. with a piece of gum on it, then how he's the, not a good criminal. How did the gum get on the bullet? He put it on it. He's a moron. <laughs> he was not good at it. Um, All so this right. Is, let me quick little story that I thought was fun, but it turns out it's fake. Washington Traffic Agency tweets a photo of Bigfoot. It's oh. really fun. It was a fun video, but it looks like they have now admittedly saying they think it's some kind of joke, or it really just looked like a guy with a hoodie and a backpack on. So I, um, but it for a second. It was almost fun news. Well, you know what I don't like? I don't like police jokes. Remember that? Uh, the Phoenix We've always Lights. talked about this. Police? We don't like, I don't like when, I don't like when cops are being funny when the, when I need you to be serious. Right. And I don't like funny doctors. And it's always because you're the punchline. I am. The, we are the one. You are it. Like if you the are making are, fun of me. Yes. If the police are making a joke, it is at your expense and usually your freedom. Mine. Yes. And people like me. 
Well, speaking of... Because a lot of people got excited and then a lot of people lost their Bigfoot boners. I know. Immediately, which is very, very sad. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna just do a head. This is... Uh, besides uh, Kobe Bryant's sudden death, I think that this is the most fucked up story of the week okay. that I've received. This is, this is bad. This comes from foxnews.com. Woman who married her birth father is Ugh. laid to rest along with their baby after shocking murders. Now, okay. this is a very complicated story. That is not good. So this is by Frank Miles. Woman who married her birth father is laid to rest with her child. Oh, yeah. Okay. In a sad conclusion to a disturbing relationship, a woman who married her birth father and gave birth to their child was laid to rest this past weekend along with her baby and her adoptive father after investigators said the birth father killed them all in a murder-suicide. Can I just say this? Birth father... He did not birth this baby. She's not a That's why child. They, it's the, biological. It's a biological that, father, not birth sure. child. I don't think I'm, that that's I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that if that's the biggest thing that you're offended by, we have to have a conversation. I, it's not the biggest thing. I'm just starting to pick apart just piece by piece. Birth father makes it sound like he's like, oh, I'm bloated. Oh, I think I got a baby. Oh. No, then it's always shit. It's yeah, always shit. Exactly. Now, this whole th- I don't even know. Uh, uh, I don't even know how all this works. So, Alyssa Platel, right? So, this came from... They they go all the way back. Okay. Right? So, Stephen Platel, her father, 1995. He was 20 when he met a 15-year-old girl named Alyssa on the internet. Okay. So, soon she became pregnant and gave birth to a girl they named Denise. Alyssa Platel said in an interview last week that they put the girl up for adoption when she was eight months old. She also believes Stephen Platel physically abused the baby. In her interview, she did not elaborate. It was so hard to give her up, Alyssa said, but I had to because I wanted her to live and be happy. Mm. The most of her short was to be her short life. She was. See, Tony Fusco and his wife Kelly adopted the girl. They renamed Katie and raised her with their biological daughter in Dover, about 80 miles north of New York City. Mm-hmm. They had a very normal life, said Carrie Gould, Kelly Fusco's brother. My nickname for Katie was Pac-Man. She was always eating. She loved animals. She was a vegetarian. Katie was an aspiring artist. But Dude, when she that turned 18. A, that is a very funny way to have a sister feud. Be like, you named me Pac-Man. Why do you think I have the eating disorder I do me? right now? I'm the bad one. I could see it. Yeah, sure. And after she turned 18 in January, Katie, who's, who was told, she just was told she was adopted. She found her birth parents and messaged them. The Platos were happy to reunite with her. They wanted to meet up. Uh-huh. Instead of going to college in August 2016, Katie moved in with the Platos in Henrico County, Virginia. Uh-oh. Tony and Kelly Fusco, her adopted parents, were apprehensive. But they thought Katie was old enough to make her own decisions, and they supported her. But all was well and not in the Plato home when they arrived. Stephen and Alyssa, her biological parents, already decided to separate and were sleeping in separate rooms. Alyssa Plato said she had suffered emotional and verbal abuse by her husband for years. Alyssa Plato told Katie privately that Stephen Plato had abused her as a baby. And that was Ugh. a major reason for their adoption. Was That was made for the adoption for, was for her own safety. Katie, according to Alyssa, didn't appear to be concerned. 
Stephen Plato's behavior changed after he met Katie, Alyssa Plato said. He began wearing skinny jeans and form-fitting shirts. Okay, well, he hold on a second. That is, that is like the least of our worries yep. here. He this, just, this is it's a slow roll. He just wanted to look like Keith Urban. He's not, that's not the, why would they even include that? That's just starting a dig at hipsters. Sexy, that, that is starting a, to get sexy for his daughter. That is a dig at the millennial movement of skinny jeans and I wear skinny shirts. Jeans. I try to look good, but not to my own biological daughter. <laughs> it immediately concerned Alyssa after she did it again, after he did it again the next night, right? Because apparently he started sleeping in Katie's room on the floor, oh. right? Just slowly moving in there. In May 2017, she learned from her 11-year-old daughter's journal of the incestuous relationship, and Katie was pregnant. Her daughter wrote that she and her sister were told by Stephen Plato to refer to Katie as their stepmother. I started to become hysterical. I called him. I said, is Katie pregnant with your baby? He just said, I thought you knew. We're in love. That's what he said. I started screaming. She said, yes, we're in love. They released a series of pictures on a thing called Plenty Gists. 20-year-old it's, uh, oh, there was a thing, there was a picture, they did like, oh, uh, it's the pictures of them like kissing each other, it's like engagement photos of them with the baby, and they ended up moving together, uh, but then he got arrested for incest. All right, well, there you go, but that's not the worst conclusion of that story, because the man uh, goes No, on. it did not, they didn't, because they showed up, and then when he got released on bail, he fucking killed the whole family. All right, there it is. Thank you, Henry, for the story. <laughs> that was indeed sorry. disturbing. Let's. Uh, so that man I'm is. I'm sorry for everything. I just was trying to spread the news. It's good. It's good to remember that our lives uh-huh. are not that fucked up. You're doing the start spreading the news line here, but like usually that's for like the Yankees win, the Yankees win, the stock market's through the roof. World War Two, yeah. we win victorious. But you're I'm doing a newsy. The- I'm right. a newsie, but for family annihilators. Hey, here's a bite. It's all nickel for it. Nickel for it. Hey, all. Hey, hey, see your daddy. May love the daughter. Fuck everybody. Kill her family, eh? Nickel. That's right. Oh, you want to buy me? Okay. Honestly, you would be a surprisingly busy newsie. You would probably be selling the most amount of papers, and then everyone realizes that the true crime boom in the 1910s is a very big market. Next yep. thing you know, you're a kingpin. Who knows? Right from your grave. Right from your grave. Well, let's move on to a story of crime, but more innocent crime. This dude was in Arizona. And what do you do in Arizona? You're bored as hell. There's nothing Math. really to do. It's tan and taupe 24-7. The sun is beating through your brain. You no, think that man, Hernandez's you out, you CTE where... was bad. You, your brain in, in Arizona just gets shrunk like a raisin. No, you get to go look where all the gems are, and you got all that sand, and there's a lot of stuff to do in Arizona. There is, and there's a lot of walls as well. And what do you do on walls? You tag walls, right? And what do That's you tag- what I do. You know me. <laughs> we are, too. I got the big kiss tag. You're no, HZ. I do the thing where I do um, a thing like dogs do, where I just, when I have butthole problems, I just <laughs> grind my butt against the wall, and then the smear 
That's my tag. I'm not even going to talk about what Puffin was licking on the sidewalk the other day. Like, it was ice cream that he had never tasted before. <laughs> it was truly disgusting, and I still kissed him. Um, okay, so there was a dude who was graffitiing Penis Man. That was his graffiti tag was Penis Man. He tagged dozens of spots in Arizona. And because there is nothing else, there are no other crimes in Arizona. Absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. Not a single other one. Not a single other crime. The police bumped this case up to top priority and they were able to arrest Dustin Schomer. But they didn't just arrest Dustin Schomer. They treated him like Muammar Gaddafi. They treated him like he was a terrorist about to blow up World Trade Center 1. 25 SWAT members showed up. I guess they wanted to make an example of him for some reason, even though it's just fucking graffiti. He's not Banksy. But I guess he was flying in the face of their authority because they've become fairly known. Many people were complaining about Penis Man. So he was in a Phoenix condo. 25 heavily armed SWAT members came in. This is what he wrote. He said, they raided my condo and vehicle, swarmed my entire complex in West Phoenix with 25 heavily armed SWAT officers and pointed a silenced assault rifle in my face. He was booked on 16 counts of aggravated criminal damage, eight counts of criminal damage, and one count of criminal trespassing, all related to the incidents where he spray painted the words penis man. I am going to say, you know, we've talked about this, uh, the government program when it comes to uh, getting military equipment to local police uh, municipalities. We talk about that a lot on Able Against Top Hat. The fact of the matter is they don't need military equipment because the majority of crimes are people tagging words like penis man on walls. You don't need the SWAT team to show up. And again, you're in Arizona. There's five cults for every square mile. Go do real police work. Oh, yeah, dude. This is a uh, – I, I don't really understand. People are very mad because it's like – he also did uh, the Tempe Municipal Building. He did a lot of big – I guess of big places. He's saying that he's a copycat. He's really? saying there's multiple pe- penis men, and then he's the only one of them. And so I guess it, it, they got a lot of attention on social media, which yes. put a, a, a fire under the butt of the police to go and fucking try to really put the hammer down on him. But according to him – I just spent the last two or four hours in Tempe and Phoenix police custody for spraying penis, man. <laughs> they raided my condo and vehicle and swore my entire complex in West Phoenix. It's 25 heavily armed SWAT officers and pointed to silence assault rifle on my face. Anyone with any doubt who the bad guys are here, be certain it's the city of Tempe City yep. of Phoenix and Phoenix forces valley-wide. There's no excuse for pointing an AR-15 in the face of a nonviolent offender. I agree with you. They put assault rifle, put assault rifle in his basically in his mouth, they got him good. Yep. But he finally says, "For the record, I hate the institution of the police, but I do not think every single cop is a bastard. To say they all are is, in my opinion, stooping to their level of profiling." There you go. Some of the detectives I met seem to be genuine penis man fans. <laughs> penis man so- <laughs> is not, and then he says, "Finally, penis man is neither man nor woman. You nor me. We are all penis man." That's right. He goes on to tell the Phoenix New Times on Monday. The Phoenix New Times uh, says that he is quoted as saying, I am not the original. There are hundreds of copycats with very distinctly different handwriting. So there are many penis men. And they don't just have to be men. They could also be penis women. They're penis men, women. 
penis men, women. Uh, so he is, he doesn't seem to be the only penis disciple. And it looks like probably it like it's more of, he's saying it, it's more of like a thought virus. I agree. So if you're in Phoenix, I think you have a duty <laughs> to go out there and tag penis man. Many don't times, do this. Don't call many, for many it. Times. Don't call for a public. I do think that it's important to do this, but with it's not officially wink. The policy wink of here at LPN no, the for only you to be tagging the cities of Tempe or Phoenix with the words penis. Man. The only policy we have is no helicopters. The this is a this is. This is about civil disobedience, Henry. Nonviolent civil disobedience. We're not the weather underground. We're not blowing things up. Simply tagging the word penis man. The words penis man is We now, are all penis men. We're all penis men. And don't let the military 1033 program. Oh, my God. We need to highlight that. But we'll do that on a different show because then I get all serious and I get mad because these police are heavily armed. And dare I say, it's a police state, folks. I, but honestly, I, lo- I we have many cop listeners, and I've met many like sound, good police officers. My father just he just partied. You know what I mean? He just enjoyed being a police officer. Yeah, your father partied on on the clock, which is why he <laughs> yes. got to <laughs> retire early. <laughs> yes, yes, he got a gift. He got a gift to being allowed to retire like super early. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. But it, that's fine. It's a, that he's. I'm glad that he did. No, I'm technically. Technically, your father did it right because when you get when you mess up in certain settings, like especially when you're in a huge union, you just get pushed up to the desk job, which I know in some people's minds is like, oh, I want to be on the streets. But like, no, my father wanted a desk job immediately. He never wanted. He wasn't one of those guys that are like, no, I want to bust some heads. Like, no, he was very excited to be at a desk. Because that's where the real police work happens, y'all. Is really? Yeah, it's the paperwork. What? You know what? It's the paperwork, and it's putting everything together. It's putting all these stories and putting these. You have to put an investigation together. It takes office work. I could Watch my see. Nonsense. I could see the prosecutor in a robbery case just be like, "All right, give me the files," and be like, "Just look at all the beer rings that are on all the pages." Be like, <laughs> "You guys been putting a lot of hours in on this." Did, oh, is that right? <laughs> is that what, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we put yep. a lot of hours yeah. in. More like a lot of sours. <laughs> Have you ever tried a sasson? No, Ugh. my father was not drinking a sasson. In no, there. he was or a sizal. I don't know how you pronounce that stupid fucking sour beer. I said sour beer. Just you don't. I don't understand the sour beer. I, don't I like a it. pilsner. All right, let me take a look at this next what, story. What kind of beer did your father drink, though? I, I could see him just as a Budweiser buds. guy. Yeah, yeah buds. just buds, right? Every day, he loved him almost more than he loved his son. All right, let's get into this next story. <laughs> this comes from now. This is. I'm going to put this out there though. This is ladled with controversy because there's many accusations flying around. Some more credible than not, but I wonder. I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's interesting. Okay. Mar, the singer of Mars Volta. This comes from Stereo Gum. Okay. Mars Volta singer says his dog was killed by Scientologists protecting that '70s show actor. This is by Peter Hellman. What? Cedric Bixler Zavala of the Mars Volta and at the Drive-In, which great bands, love those bands, had to put down his family dog yesterday after she ate rat poison. He says that Scientologists protecting that '70s show star Danny Masterson mm. were behind it. 
In 2017, Bixler Zavala's wife, Chrissy Carnell Bixler, accused Masterson of raping her while they were dating in the late 90s. Several other women have also made similar accusations against Masterson, who has denied all of the allegations. Bixler Zavala and Carnell Bixler are both former Scientologists. Masterson is currently an active member in the Church of Scientology. I guess a lot of this kind of comes from the fact that, I mean, I have been talking a lot about LRH recently in a more facetious manner than not. I just... just, approve a cult leader who does not take himself out with the entire group. Well, that, is what the, that is my barometer of who a good cult leader is, is someone mm-hmm. who doesn't make everybody commit suicide. Well, and of course, when it comes to L. Ron Hubbard, obviously, I'm not a Hubbard head. That's Henry's job. Yeah, but I'm a Hubbard head, yeah. Scientology has seemed to take a more nefarious switch a change with being lead, uh, with the leadership of uh, what's the name of this little guy? David Miscavige. No, Miscavige, he does. Yes. I would say that, but I, you know, I do believe that LRH was full of shit, and it was always bad from the very, very top. But it has gotten more aggressive as time has gone. Like obviously, stuff like this happens more often. They are also the weakest they've ever been. Well, don't you not think- fi- not financially, but socially and numbers wise, Scientology is incredibly weak. But they also seem to be getting harder. They seem to be, yes. be getting more like insulated because of all the negative pressure. It seems because they're be- kicking. They're right. kicking. Right. They're, they're, they're in a corner, so they're doing more and more. It seems to be violent stuff. So he believes that this is connected to the Church of Scientology, that raw meat was found with rat poison laid in his yard. And he is. And I'm not saying it's outside of their parameter because no. they, they like to harass people. Absolutely. That's their favorite thing. What are they, they like called? to ruin your life? They're called the squirrel well, hunters. Squirrel busters. Squirrel yeah. busters. And if you're a furry, that means something else entirely. But when <laughs> you are a Scientologist, it means you're going for people that are former members of Scientology that mm-hmm. have been speaking against the church. Right. So now he has become a public figure against the church, very, very much so against the 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 uh, the the church. Danny Masterson gets he is at the center of a swirl of horrible accusations. Absolutely. And he is also being but he has chosen the the uh, he has chosen to lie within the strong arms of Scientology for protection. Mm-hmm. He has pulled in. Meanwhile, other people are getting out. And I believe that. Uh, Bixler Zavala makes a very good point of saying if Be- if Beck can leave, what the fuck is your chicken shit excuse? Which well, is words that he says specifically to Danny Masterson. Obviously, Danny Masterson needing the uh, needing the support, needing the financial support, and if he ever has any semblance of a career going forward, it will be actively tied to Scientology. But did you yes. hear this story also, Henry? Sort of on uh, in connection with that, Juan Alderte. Um, he was a uh, rock bassist. He was a rock bassist for Mar- Mars Volta. Uh, he is now in a coma. January 13th, he got in a very serious bicycle accident. He is now in a coma. This is according to a statement. Uh, they say, hi, everyone. This is Anne Juan's. This is according to a statement from Juan's wife. Hi, everyone. This is Anne Juan's wife. While I generally hesitate to share personal details on social media, it felt right to include all of you who've supported Juan over the years, fans, fellow music and lovers of musicians. Juan was uh, was in a solo, no cars, no other people and very serious bicycle accident. On the thirteenth, wow. uh, he always wears his helmet, uh, but he still sustained head trauma, and now, of course, he is in uh, the hospital. So it is a coincidence, but a strange coincidence, that Scientology has a beef with the singer of Mars Volta, and now the bassist of Mars Volta is also in an accident. Is it connected? Go back and watch the Justin Trudeau 
Not Justin Trudeau. <laughs> What's the name of the guy? It's Trudeau something, isn't yeah, it? Louis Thoreau. Louis Thoreau. They're all the same to me. Louis Thoreau. Go back and listen. They're not all the same. I know many. they're not they're all very the same. different. Yes, Louis Thoreau never wore blackface. Louis Thoreau, watch his My Scientology documentary. Justin Thoreau didn't wear blackface. No, Justin you Trudeau know- did. Oh, yeah. I can't keep yeah, all did. these names straight. Trudeau with blackface, Thoreau, Scientology documentary. Uh, so watch that documentary, and they really do a good job of showing what it's like to be an ex-Scientologist and just the colossal pain in the ass that these people make your life. Yes, yes. Get out if you can. Get, get out. out if you can. So who get knows? Him, what- I know it's very, very difficult. I'm, I'm, I know I'm saying a thing that is, that is easy to say, not easy to do. Absolutely. Get the hell out. Just disappear. Just ghost them. Yeah, but then, of course, because Scientology does have such a lock on L.A., it still surprises me. I always go. I love to stay no, at the Hollywood we just Roosevelt. Did, they have a lot of property, but because I, I remember a day, mm-hmm. I remember working for a show, and then I was talking with Ed Larson. He experienced the same thing where we were told to never say a, a bad thing about Scientology, but now they're just fucking punching bags in the city. Really? They, they don't have the same social power anymore, but they have... A lot of property. They do. So they they have a lot of money in property. But from what I've seen, when I walk past these buildings, because I'm I am not um I, I I do this. I like to look up against the window to look in, <laughs> and this shit's fucking all empty. Everything's empty. They're, it's all a shell game. They are they are uh, they're dying. I think. Really, but not financially. They just have to decide whether or not they're going to flex that muscle one day and what they'll do with all that money. So they're going. Which will be very scary. They can do whatever they want. They're going the North Korea route where nothing is in the buildings, but uh, you have the illusion of success and power. That's very interesting. Because- they still have churches and stuff. They're still active. Like they have a, I feel like if they were to have the, their biggest communities are probably in L.A. and Clearwater from right. what I've seen and what I've heard. But uh, honestly, they are they're kind of on their way out. But don't you think that they still have like an immense amount of yes, really powerful have, members? They could make a big move if they want. Right. But it just depends on what they want to do with it. It I, sounds like they're just trying to make as much. They're just trying to cling to that money. And the right. upper management is is just living in a fantasy world until I mean, you know, they still think LRH is coming back. Yeah, they keep so the light like on for So there's like a period him. of time. Yeah, so they're waiting. They're just waiting to see if he'll show up. And if he shows up. <laughs> I mean, part of me thinks I show up in costume, uh-huh. deep in makeup, shave the beard with a cane, do the whole Willy Wonka thing where I walk up and it's at him. <laughs> and then I do the somersault and be like, yes, everybody, and welcome back. I'm, I'm here. Where's the boat? You know what I mean? Like, it'll right. be so much fun. They'll be so excited. I think that that is... I think you could do it maybe a few years from now. I don't think L. Ron Hubbard died as that old of a man, so maybe in 20 years you could pull it off with a little makeup. No, but he comes back all young and, and vibrant like me because I look like a young, handsome LRH. Well, that is one of the rudest things that's ever been said about the man. <laughs> I'm joking. You look great. But they truly do keep, if you go to, uh, I believe it's the UCB in Los Angeles, right across the, oh, the street. the Celebrity Center. The yeah, Celebrity Franklin. Center. Uh, up top, there's an office, and they always keep the light on, like their Motel 6 for cult leaders. And, uh, it's kind of cute. <laughs> they're waiting I think it's cute. Come, it's like guess. Santa Claus. Well, let's move on to Hero of the Week. Hero of the Week. 
story, I just find it. It warms my heart, Henry, because this is every 13, 14-year-old person's dream. Well, this is my... I remember fucking Cheebin. I was fucking 18. and be like, fucking legalize it. Legalize it. So there was a dude. He was in Wilson County. He was arrested for smoking marijuana. He's 20 years old. But he said, you know what? This shit should be legalized. Spencer Allen Boston. He was called to the podium in front of the judge. Boston was apparently expressing a viewpoint that marijuana should be legalized from the podium. And it was at this point... He took out a joint, put the fuck cigarette it. in his mouth, and lighted it up. Yeah, dude, <laughs> fucking. Oh, did they call it a marijuana cigarette? Of course they did. Oh, fucking lame, dude. You're not fucking telling this guy's story at all, man. But the thing is, it totally worked because people in the courtroom started laughing. Yeah, like, yeah, boy. Yeah, dude. He was charged with disorderly conduct and simple Look, possession. You're going to fucking arrest me for being chill-tacular, man? His his bond is $3,000. The marijuana that Boston smoked did have a strong odor. It was some sweet, sweet fucking herb. Snoosh, dude. Fucking smoking that fucking regs, dude, in there, man. The yeah. bad shit. So there you go. That is Get every... Fucking eggs in there, man. Everyone's dream. He's got Fuck long you, hair. Fuck you, dude. Fucking judge. You think you're going to fucking come for my ass? Dude, I'm fucking living on... Beats. He looks like a young Big Lebowski, got a little beard going on. So there Can't you go. Can't fucking catch me, dude. Time's a fucking construct, man. I'm seven hours ago, man. <laughs> I'm four hours from now, dude. What are you going to do, man? Then I think you would already be in jail. But Spencer <laughs> Allen Boston, you are this week's Hero of the Week for doing everyone's dream of smoking a J in front of the judge while being brought up on weed charges, being like, legalize it. Legalize it. You took a hit for the rest of us. Spencer (laughs) Allen Boston, Hero of the Week. Good job, brother. Hopefully they don't throw the book at you. And if Uh, they they do, smoke them pages. (laughs) They uh, they will. Yeah, smoking pages, dog. That is, of smoking course. Pages. Also, just no, to clarify, that all took place in Tennessee. So, mm, Tennessee, yeah. get that legal weed. Nashville, one of my favorite cities to be in. Old country music, some beer and some weed. It's a dream come true. And a Robert's bologna sandwich, which, Henry, people back up the bologna sandwich at Robert's. And you need, when we're in Nashville next, I am taking you to Robert's, and you're going to have that bologna sandwich, and your mind is going to be changed. I will have a bologna sandwich with you. Yes, that is fine. We should do it for lunch. Yes, okay. We can do it for lunch or dinner. I think it's more of a dinner. It's we have to be drunk. Um, uh, yes, we have to be drunk. I I will say, um, whoever this, what's the man's name? Is smoke weed? Who's our weed? uh, The hero of the week is Spencer Allen Boston. A man. Spencer. A man. He needs to be named thrice because he's a he's a he's a he's a mentor and someone we can all look up to. Spencer, uh, I'm, we are very proud of you here. You did a great job. I'm, I'm more than certain your lawyer and your family is like super disappointed with you right now. <laughs> but what I would say is, don't let that ever change you, man. Don't ever let that change you, dude. Yeah, you'll never. You gotta. At one point, you might have to button down, and try to keep a job or something. Especially chasing whatever series of crimes they're about to 
fucking heartily ladle upon you, bro. No, right, it's, right just now. A, it's just a joint in a courtroom. It's not that big of a deal. No, cops are going to stick a fucking nightclub up your ass. You're going to no. have a couple of bad days in there. It might Afterwards, be, yeah. keep that easygoing lifestyle, but also remember just you know to try to hold it all together because you can quickly let your whole life slide into nothing on that. This man, is he needs a statue outside of the courthouse. As soon as they legalize weed in Tennessee, he's the legend. He's the goat. He's the it's one that people need to remember. He sacrificed his freedom just for a joint so you could smoke a joint i can smoke a joint everyone in tennessee can smoke a J. just a bronze statue of him in cargo shorts and a shirt <laughs> with a wolf on it and his fucking half dreads um i i mean i think that's tubular man honestly i, I agree um all right this comes from d is there, is there a listener letter that I, I just thought was fun it's quick i want you to let you know that at the end of a recent episode after Ben asked, I wonder who's got boobs.com, and Henry thought he was referring to a site called who's got boobs.com, uh-huh. just one word. I was shocked to find that nobody had registered it. Well, now it's mine. I'm now the proud <laughs> owner of www.whosgotboobs.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions for what to do with it. And I, I'm putting that out there for everybody. Shoot us suggestions at sidestoriesLPOTL at gmail.com and find out what should he do with who's got boobs. Com. Literally, it has to be a picture of anyone with boobs, both male and female, maybe a frog yep. with boobs. Who's got I'd boobs? I'd love to see it be done. I'd yep. love to see who's got boobs. There's a lot of us out there. Mm-hmm. I have breasts. I think I might have breast cancer. I'm feeling a lump. I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> serious. It's on my yeah, nipple. Is that serious? Yeah. It's Seriously? How hard? How big? I don't know. I'll have Travis feel it as soon as he's not an employee. So in 25 oh, you years. you fire him? Yeah. I'll fire him and hire him. <laughs> All right. So this comes from T. Not the not the T, not T and Doe, but from T. Okay. I used to clean out hoarder houses in a used book context, and we had one where an old guy died of pneumonia over the winter and sat there for about three months before his neighbors took notice. Ooh. The fire department had to cut out part of the wall to get him out of there since the house was packed from floor to ceiling with books, minus a weird little base camp he had in the living room where he could hang out and eat. Every hoarder has a weird smell that's pretty similar. It's kind mm-hmm. of a combination of unwashed dishes, kitchen garbage, dirty laundry, and often mice, which is a, has kind of an ammonia-y smell from their pee. Hmm. It's worse if there were cats, and the guy in question only had one, which somehow managed to get fur all over everything. The guy's book collection was academic stuff from when he was an engineering professor, unsold inventory from when he owned a used bookstore, and just hoardery books that he hoarded, each with a little scrap of paper indicating the date, time, and price he bought it for. He also had a bunch of cool pen and paper dungeons and dragon stuff from the 70s, which is cool. I met this guy when he was alive, and he dressed like a teenage gamer kid. Baggy shorts, floppy fisherman's hat, shirts with dragon stuff on him. He was like 80. Hmm. So anyway, guy had like 55 Gaylords worth of books. A Gaylord is a roughly four-foot cube of cardboard box that sits on a pallet. Okay. Plus extras. (laughs) I did not know that. I did not know that either, which is why I read this email. Okay. And it took us six months to process this. So on top of the hoarder house smell, there was also a weird cloying sweet smell that stuck to the books no matter what you did. We stored the bulk of the books outside with tarps, and the smell didn't go away. They were in a metal shipping container as well, and the smell just hit you when you opened it. When you had a single book, there was a little bit of an odor. You sniffed it, but altogether, they just smelled like death. Or more specifically, mummy. Hmm. The guy had no heat in his house and was sitting there from December to February, so I'm guessing it went that route. So yes, 
death smell is definitely noticeable above hoarder house smell. It sticks to everything, and I'm guessing gets much, much worse if someone dies in a hot, humid condition. Damn. Also, I'm familiar with nose blindness, where you get used to a smell after a while, and this didn't really happen with the mummy books. Maybe there's something in our biology where we keep smelling dead people. Maybe there is. I Yeah, I don't want to get nose blind to dead people. It's not... I'd like to not to. No, it's not Vietnam. I like to know if someone is dead next to me or just I'd like general. to know these things. Yeah. These are things I'd like to know. For sure. All right, so this is a little... So I don't read stuff like this very often, but I thought it was really fun. Someone sent a message from... It was like a Reddit read-through. It was like a Reddit... Uh, Thread? Like, it was a Reddit thread okay uh from but it was from no sleep so technically this might be fiction but some of these are really fun and i wanted to read them because i thought i, th- I just think that they're fun i love this it no comes sleep from, holds up this comes from user search and rescue woods i'm a search and rescue officer for the u.s forest service i have some stories to tell i have a pretty good track record for finding missing people most of the time they just wander off the pass or slip down a small cliff when they can't find their way back the majority of them have have heard the old stay where you are thing, and they don't wander far. But I've had two cases where that didn't happen. Both bother me a lot, and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing persons cases I get called on. The first was a little boy who was out berry picking with his parents. He and his sister were together, and both of them went missing around the same time. Their parents lost sight of them for a few seconds, and in that time, both the kids apparently wandered off. When their parents couldn't find them, they called us, and we came out to search the area. We found the daughter pretty quickly, and we asked where her brother was. She told us he'd been taken away by the bear man. Hmm? She said he gave her berries and told her to stay quiet, that he wanted to play with her brother for a while. The last she saw of her brother, he was riding on the shoulders of the bear man and seemed calm. Of course, our first thought was abduction, but we never found a trace of another human being in that area. The little girl was also insistent that he wasn't a normal man that he was tall, covered in hair, like a bear, and that he had a weird face. What? We searched that area for weeks. It was one of the longest calls I've ever been on, but we never found a single trace of that kid. The other was a young woman who was out hiking with her mom and grandma. According to the mother, her daughter had climbed up a tree to get a better view of the forest, and she never came back down. They waited at the base of the tree for hours, calling her name before they called for help. Again, we searched everywhere, but we never found a trace of her. I have Damn. no idea where she possibly could have gone because neither her nor her mother or grandpa saw her come down. I am very close to putting a ban on all national parks. It seems like there is a lot of stuff going on in these national parks that we can't explain. We've talked about this on episodes of last podcast on the left. God, that's There's a freaking couple. horrifying. You ready for some more fucked up ones? Sure. I was teamed up with another SAR officer because we'd received reports of bears in the area. We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from a climbing trip when we supposed when he was supposed to, and we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get where we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevasse with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. Mm. He'd been there for almost two days, and his leg was very obviously infected. We were able to get him into a chopper, and I heard from one of the EMTs that the guy was absolutely inconsolable. He kept talking about how he'd been doing fine, When he got to the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment. He was wearing a parka and ski pants. What? He walked up to the guy, and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. He freaked out, and he tried to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he followed. He said he could hear the other man all night climbing down the mountain and letting out these horrible, muffled screams. 
Damn. All right. So this is a scary one. I love this it. This is another real fucking scary one. I love these. One of the scariest things I've ever had happen to me involved the search for a young woman who'd gotten separated from her hiking group. We were out until late at night because the dogs had picked up her scent. When we found her, she was curled up under a large, rotten log. She was missing her shoes and pack, and she was clearly in shock. She didn't have any injuries, and we were to able to get her to walk with us back to these base ops. Along the way, she kept looking behind us and asking why that big man with black eyes was following us. We couldn't see anyone, so we just wrote it off as some weird symptom of shock. But the closer we got to the base, the more agitated this woman got. She kept asking me to tell him to stop making faces at her. At one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling into the forest, saying that she wanted him to leave her alone. She wasn't going to go with him, she said, and she wouldn't give us to him. We finally got her to keep moving, but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It was almost like coughing, but more rhythmic and deeper. It sounded insect-like. I don't know how, I don't know, really know how else to describe it. When we were within the base ops, the woman turns to me and her eyes are about as wide as I can imagine a human could open them. She touches my shoulder and says... He, tell, he says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's mostly hidden under my collar. I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she says it, I hear that weird coughing right in my ear, and I just about jumped out of my skin. I hustled her to the OPS, trying not to show how freaked out I was, but I have to say I was really happy we left that area at night. Damn, all right. A couple of creepy stories. Reddit holding up. No sleep. I was scary. All right, well, I think it's great to end this episode on some true creepy spaghetti. We haven't had a... I a, mean, a, we don't know if it's if it's true. I'm going to say it's, it's on no true. sleep. Yeah, I mean... I like it to be true. I think it's fun. I think that it's a fun game to play with our, our minds. Right. It's true it's to fun. the extent that somebody wrote it down, thought of it, and put it on the internet. So mm-hmm. it's true to that degree. It's, it is, and it was written down. Hey, man, so were the Ten Commandments, and those are very nice. Very nice. nice. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. And uh, we mentioned Boston a little bit earlier. We have tickets available for April, so come on out. Enjoy us, beefy boys. Last podcast on the left live. This will be our book tour. Also, we have received the book, all thrice of us, and it is... Like, Gorgeous. honestly, it's really cool. And Marcus did such an amazing job. And Travis uh, said that he had been thumbing through it. And he was like, it's good. And I almost cried because I'm like, I don't know how to read. Um, and I'm just so happy that people seem to be enjoying it as they've looked through it. And I think you're going to really like it. We really worked our asses off on it. So uh, go out there and buy it if you can. But, dude, we're looking at you, Boston. We're looking at you, Vegas. Got to sell these tickets. Come out. Come see our shit, man. You yes. love us, Boston. We're you, Again, come and harass Kissel. No, don't harass me. We'll go, te- we'll go drinking afterwards. Chris. We'll remember. We'll remember. Ke- we'll remember Kevin Barnett always, and we'll remember Kobe. We will hang out in Boston. We'll go have a nice glass of whiskey, a good Irish Guinness, and we'll have a nice time. Also, Austin, Texas. Those tickets are not available yet. We're still waiting. I on have this. no clue what the hell is going on with Moon Tower. I no don't idea. know why they have not released our pictures. I don't know they have released our. Our tickets, but we are close. Yes, we are close. That is completely out of our control. The comedy mafia, which is totally a real thing, it's just for laughs in Canada and Moon Tower in Texas. If and no if you're listening is. to this and you run Moon Tower, please just open the tickets. We open want people tic- to see the 
show. I'm, we we won't be able to be able to get these GD tickets. Please, God. So that will be coming soon. It is out of um, our control. We apologize for those people who are frantically looking on the internet, trying to get tickets. We will be there. We promise. Am I um. And my movie After Midnight comes out Valentine's Day on VOD, and there will be a premiere in Los Angeles. So I'll be leading a Q&A after that, and I will find out more specific information for those tickets, and I will pop them up on my Twitter. All right. That is awesome. Check out After Midnight, and check out all the all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. And if you Valentine's want- Day. It's also another big day. We're going fully exclusive. Remember that. You can listen for free on Spotify. You can download for free on Spotify. It is, I'm again, I am fully listening to it. I have not had any problems with it. If you are a person that lives in an area of the world that does not get Spotify, email us and tell us where you're at. We, we have a unique situation mm-hmm. where we can funnel directly to the people that are in charge of Spotify and, and make sure we're pinging them, saying, like, we're trying to get, they want you to have it. Yes. They don't want you yes. to not have Spotify. They want you to have it. So we're trying to get, keep pinging them, saying, we need it here. We need it here. We got listeners here, and we want them to be able to hear the show. Yep. They want to hear us, and they are very open to it as, as much as you know they can listen to us. Yep. And, and I don't and – I, and I haven't yet just smoked a joint. In the lobby in there. And maybe I should. So maybe. Some respect. Send a message. I'll take some crystal methamphetamine. We'll go slow and we'll go fast. We'll hit them by both angles. And they will listen to us. But our shit is only going to be tighter under Spotify. I'm so fucking excited, man. This, yeah. la- this the, These last couple months, starting to see, like, working with them has been a lot of fun. And now we're our... We're bringing it in the next generation. We're bringing it the next New generation. Bullshit. And for Abling It's Top Hat listeners, we got a big month ahead of us. Uh, starting February 3rd, we'll have our first caucuses. So we'll have a lot to talk about this year on Abling It's Top Hat. Check out my documentary, Hail Yourself America. I might be on tour. I'll give you some dates whenever that, those dates come up to show that. And yeah, man, we're just excited to, to continue to be with you throughout 2020. So live your life. Live your life enough to never step inside of a helicopter ever again. Never. There's no reason to. Unless you're being coptered away from a mountain. And even and then, then. If that is true, laugh. Because you've been saved <laughs> from a mountain. Because a man with black eyes is there and he's staring at you and God knows what's happening. And you should be laughing inside of that one helicopter. I don't know. If- you, you're, lucky to ha- you're lucky that you can. I mean, you're going to get pinged, though. I think you, you just described the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but instead yes. of a pickup truck or a, a, a truck. Be very just, thankful. So if you're just laughing manically, <laughs> what happened <laughs> on that mountain? You're, you're covered it's in a blood. A lot of bad shit happened on that mountain. There's a lot of fucked up stuff happened there. Man with no face was out there. Ooh. So then you should be thankful for a helicopter. But if it's just, if you're just feeling fun or you want the Instagram photo, don't do it. Yeah. Okay. And love. Mm-hmm. Love your life on the, love your life with your friends. Love your family. Tell them you love them. Because you never know when the earth will literally crack open from underneath you and swallow everyone that you love. I've been watching on Instagram. They have the things like, what if it happened? And there was one where it's like, what if the earth gets sawed in half? And I'm like, I don't need to think about this. Why are you doing this, this to me? <laughs> Why do I have to do this? Um, Why right, do I have to think like this? All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. Hail me. No copters. No helicopters. No matter what. I'd say even, I'd be wary of escalators.
Hello, Last Podcast Network listeners. This is The Adventures of Danny and Mike. It's a podcast on The Last Podcast Network, featuring your favorite TV bros from the 90s with red hair and freckles. Hopefully he's referring to me, Michael C. Morona, or himself, Danny Tamborelli. I'm referring to both of us. That's cool. But you're not referring to me, Jeremy. Who's that guy? No, oh, who knows? Who cares? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Uh, check us out weekly on the Last Podcast Network. You can find it anywhere that you get your podcasts. Find us on your FM dial at WLPN. No. Wait, Mike. Mike. It's not. This is Do- not a radio station, man. What this have is I, podcast. What have it's I been different. listening to this whole time? This I don't know. CBS FM, I think. The dial it's... just came off in my hand. Anyway, check us out. LastPodcastNetwork.com. Yeah, call in and let us know how you feel. 347-470-8150. Or the adventures of Danny Mike. Com. Cousin Brucey coming at you. Easy. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs who are looking to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for a creative way to increase revenue and give your family and friends the holiday treats they deserve, then you need to get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. If I needed to give a class on digging holes, I'd do it. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand. Upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills. And tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or you can sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash left.